Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the Word. So that question, what is truth, is really central to us getting what God wants us to get from this. So let's look there in our Bibles. John chapter 18, again, page 1247. We saw the conversation, and it gets down to him asking, who are you, what have you done, and are you a king? So verse 37, let's just look there. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. And then he says this, he says, for this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Now let's just stop right there. If someone had asked you, why did Jesus come into the world? Would that have been your answer today? Your answer might have been, well, he came to save us. He, he came to show us what God is like in human form. What, he came, we came, lots of those things. But Jesus here says what? This is why I was born. This is the reason I have come, that I might bear witness to what's true. You need to know the truth. How important is truth then? Hmm? How important? Based on what Jesus is saying, if he's saying this is why he's come, it's really, really important. And then he says something beyond this. He says, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And so we've got to figure out what it means to be of the truth here today, because we need to hear his voice, don't we? And, and so he's telling us that there, there is a relationship that we have with the truth. There's a how we re relate to truth, how we interact with truth, how we respond to truth, that is going to determine whether or not we're really connected with him, whether we can hear him, to know him, truth is at the center of all those things. And then, of course, we saw on the screen, and, and read it here now, what was Pilate's response? Pilate said to him, what is truth? And, and really, that, we see here in this passage of Scripture, two ways that truth is approached in our world today. There's the way in which Jesus approached it, the Son of God, that there is truth, that there is settled truth, and I've come to bear witness to it. I'm here to help you to see it and understand it. Truth about who God is, truth about who you are, truth about where you are at in your relationship with God, truth about how you can get a relationship with God, truth about how you live a life that is pleasing to God and, and, and the life that's pleasing to God that will be such a blessing to you. You need to know the truth. There's truth to be known. And Pilate's taking this, well, what is truth? And in our culture today, by and large, people have not adopted Jesus' attitude about truth. That there's truth that is settled and matters and can be known and lived out. But the reality in our culture largely is what is truth. What, what do you mean? What's, how do we know what's true or not? So have you ever been talking with someone and, and you're trying to maybe share your faith or you're telling them something that you believe and they go, well, yeah, okay, that's true for you, but it's not true for me. How many of you ever experienced that or heard someone? Okay, see, it's, that's where our society is at. Now, if they were just saying, well, okay, you believe that and I don't, well, fine, that's true. You believe it, they don't. 
But both things cannot be true. Can't be. I mean, let's try this with the law of gravity. Well, it may be true for you, but it's not true for me. Well, the law of gravity is true for everybody, isn't it? God exists. Well, that might be true for you, but not for me. No, 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 no. It's either true or it's not. He either exists or he doesn't for everybody. And he exists. We can figure that out easy enough. So, so we have this country, we have this, you know, the statements of morality, you know, that murder is wrong. Well, you know, I don't know. There might be situations. All right? I mean, and, and so we see this whole idea, you know, adultery is wrong. Well, not in every situation. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. And what that does is it leaves our society adrift. There's no foundation upon which to build things, nothing you can start with to reach a, a good conclusion. And by the way, this is showing up in our government and culture with the decisions that get made, right? Because if you can't start with something that's rock solid true, you can't reason to any place. It all becomes, you know, just whatever. How do we decide what's right and wrong if you're, if you're a politician, if you are not committed to the idea that there is truth, settled truth, absolute truth? If you're not committed to that, how do you make a decision if you're a politician? Right? Yeah, or whoever gives you the most money. Um, and so we've seen this, we know this, we experience this. And so these are the two competing views of truth. And so if somebody tells you at some point, well, there are no absolute truths, ask them, is that absolutely true? <laughs> See, that, that whole mindset, that whole approach to truth becomes self-contradictory and is an illogical approach to truth. The reality is that there are things that are true. And by true, we mean it corresponds to what is rea reality. Okay? Now, I can say to you, this, this chair exists. That, and that statement corresponds with reality, doesn't it? Okay? Uh, if, if I ask, uh, you know, do you like pizza? Anybody here that does not like pizza? Be honest. One person. Okay, Fran. All right. Do you ever like pizza? Never, ever. Okay, so Fran does not like pizza. How many of you like pizza? Oh, look at that, Fran. So for those listening on the recording, you know, this is about 200 to 1. Uh, no, but listen, here's what people think. So, okay, you know, I like pizza. Fran does not like pizza. Oh, so truth is relative about pizza. No, it's not. The truth is, Fran doesn't like pizza. Do you see that? That's the truth. The truth is that I do like pizza. See, that's the truth. It's not relative. If we want to start talking, well, pizza then is, is, is uh, very tasty. Well, you've got to qualify your statement. It is very tasty to people who like it. That's the truth, okay? So, but then they want to carry this idea, well, you know, it might be true for you, not for me, da, da, da. And just, it is an illogical and certainly unbiblical way of thinking. So what we want to do here now is, is get back in the conversation with Jesus, some other conversations that he had here, and see some other things about this. Let's turn to John chapter 8. Jesus is having a conversation here with some religious leaders, 
uh, who were not too happy with him. He was beginning to get a lot of followers. He was saying things that pointed out that they really weren't the right kind of people. And so in verse number 42, Jesus begins to identify why they're having a problem with him. Verse 42, Jesus said to them, by the way, it's page 1233. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you're not able to listen to my word. What do you mean we're not able to listen? We're not really able to be open and hear and pay attention. Why? Verse 44, he says, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. So let's just stop right here. When he's talking about the father, he's talking in a spiritual sense. You know, last week, what did we say? What's required for a relationship with God? What's required for a relationship with God, last week we said? A spiritual birth, where you get a new father. Because spiritually, before that, your spiritual heritage is Satan and the enemy. In opposition to God, that's your heritage before you come to Christ. And so that's what he's telling them. You're still there. They haven't been born again. They haven't been changed. They still are under Satan's influence and living that way. And so let's read again. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. We know that he he stole the spiritual life from Adam and Eve when he got them to disobey God. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. And did I just run by that slide? Here's what I want you to get today and understand. That truth will either be your best friend or your worst enemy. And the choice is yours. You do choose. You will choose. And truth is either going to be a great thing for you or it's going to be the biggest problem you've ever faced. Not only now, but in eternity. And so Jesus is telling him here. He says, the reason you cannot hear and understand is because you don't, aren't committed to the truth. You aren't yielded to the truth. You aren't surrendered to what's true. Have you ever met anybody that you said, I don't think this person really wants to know the truth? You know what happens? You have a conversation with somebody about something. It doesn't even have to be spiritual things. It can be about anything. And, and it's, it, there's the truth, and this person isn't getting it, and you talk, and you explain it this way, and they don't get it. And you explain it this way, and they don't get it. And you explain it this way, and they don't get it. And you illustrate it this way, and you don't get it. You know what you start to realize? They don't want to get it. Because they aren't committed to what's true. What's really true? By the way, that's a big question to learn to ask yourself. What's really true here? What's really true about me here? Such an important question if you want to get it. And so here's what I want you to see. Is if, if we will say, okay, I'm going to give truth the place it belongs in my life. I'm going to let truth be what governs. Truth is going to determine what I believe and how I feel and, and how I act. 
That's what truth is going to be. That puts you on God's side. It's good to be on God's side. I guarantee you. He is so patient that sometimes we forget that. But it's absolutely good. And, and what's he tell these folks here? Because you are not convinced of the truth, because you won't listen to what's the truth, you can't even hear what I'm trying to tell you. Last week we saw, Jesus said that he didn't come to condemn the world, but to what? To save the world. And you can't hear it. Why? You know why you can't hear it? Because you, you're following Satan's track, and that's, you're not interested in what's really true. By the way, are you interested today in what's really true? Okay. I'm going to trust you on that, but sometimes we say that. But if we start looking at how we're living, we realize that, hmm, maybe I'm not so committed to truth as I thought. And we need to be challenged on that, challenge ourselves on it. So I want you to see, if you will give truth its rightful place in your life, then you will be on God's side as opposed to being standing against God. Let's turn to another conversation that Jesus had, John chapter 17. Now, now what's interesting about this conversation is that this conversation is not with another human being. This conversation that Jesus has is with his heavenly Father, which we would normally think of as prayer. Uh, We would normally think of in the sense of prayer. But it says here in John 17, he didn't pray like we typically pray. It says he looked up to heaven and opened his eyes and talked to his father. And here's, we get down to verse number 17. He says to his father, talking about us, sanctify them by your truth. Then he says your word is truth. Sanctify them. That's a nice religious word, isn't it? Sanctify very little, it means to make holy. And really, in the big picture, then it means it's make us more like you, God. If I'm going to be sanctified, that means I'm going to become more like the Lord, more like Jesus. And so he says, sanctify them. Make them more like us, Father. And what is it that's going to enable us to be more like him, according to what we just read? What's it say? Truth, that's right. Sanctify them by their truth. In other words, this is how God is going to change my life and your life in really awesome ways. Anybody like a solution to your problems today? Now, I'm not saying the problems all go away, but you can learn how do I respond to this and how do these begin to work for me in my life rather than against me. You've got to know the truth. Nothing else is going to cut it. What if I come in here today and tell you, you know what? Listen. Deep, you know, I know you. You always want to do what's right. You really, you know, human beings are basically good from birth, and we can just trust that that's all going to take care of itself. Don't worry that you were unfaithful to your spouse. You know what? We're just going to keep it quiet. Not going to matter. Am I helping you out? If I'm a doctor and, and I've diagnosed you and you have cancer, and it's serious. This cancer will end up crippling you and eventually take your life unless you treat it. And it is treatable. The treatment's not easy. It's hard. Uh, but it is treatable. And I know all this. And I say, you know, I think you just need to get a little more sleep. And I don't tell you the truth. Am I helping you? No. See, you need to know the truth. Just like in that kind of situation, you need to know the truth in life. 
And so here's the deal. If, if you're going along through life, trying to live your life, thinking I'm, I'm living it like, yeah, I'm doing my own thing, uh, but it's a good thing. I'm, I know I'm not really connected to the church. I'm not really consciously reading my Bible. I'm, I'm just doing what makes sense to me, but I'm okay. That's not true. You're doing it, but you are not okay. And, and so if we want to connect with what God has for us, if we want to connect with how he can change us from the inside out, that, that will change our relationships, that will change the decisions we make in life, and then so that changes what we do and how we interact with people. And it just, it's just a huge ripple effect, isn't it? We have to come to grips with truth. That's how God is going to do it in your life. And if you keep telling yourself things that aren't true. You see, what we have done as Christians, I mean, if I ask you today, you know, is truth absolute or is it relative? You know, like our culture thinks. You'd go, oh, truth's absolute, right? We're all set. We know that. And yet far too often as Christians, we live like it's not. We live like the truth really isn't the truth. We figured out how to fudge on it. And you know, I think that partly comes from the society we live in. We have been affected by it. Because what happens is you get confronted out there with some massive you know, position on, on a moral issue or, or a, a religious issue or whatever. And you say, oh, gee, I don't really know how to have that conversation. I don't know. And political correctness would say, you better not bring it up at all. And so what do you do? You just go, okay. All right? And sometimes that's the right thing to do in certain places. But here's what happens. That happens in another area, another area, and it starts to affect the way we think about things. Now along comes truth that we need to look at and deal with, and we're, what are we programmed now to do? To go, well. And the next thing you know, we are rationalizing away truth. So here's the reality. It's, it's why am I exposing myself to this immorality? Why am I exposing myself to this stuff that God says is bad and evil and brings harm? Why would I expose myself to that through, through the TV or through the movie or through the internet or for what I read or music? Why would I expose myself to that? And, and I know the truth as I ought not to. I say, well, you know, it's only a little bit. What have I just done with truth? To set it aside. And we're going to be damaged when we do that. If we want to be sanctified, we have to take the truth and let the truth apply to us and, and, and bring us to where we need to be. And look at the last half of that verse. Your word is truth. So what is the, where, where are you going to find the truth you need to know? Right here. This is where you're going to find the truth you need to know. And, and, and so you need to be sitting down, you know, Every day you sit down, you open up your Bible and you sit here. And you say, God, I need to know what's true. I need to know what's true about you. I need to know what's true about me. I need to know what's true about what I need to do. And, and when I don't know, I'm going to wait on you. I need to know. And it's not about how I feel, is it? Well, I feel like, well, that's nice. Or maybe it's not nice, depending on what the feeling is. It's what God says is true. What God says is true. Some of you know this. If you know this, say it with me. What God says is always true no matter how I feel. 
and it's truth that God will use to sanctify us. Truth from the word of God. Well, let's look at one final story here. Actually, before we do that, let me, let me share with you. I, I should have shared this with you. The, the world says around us, by the way, the world says that, uh, well, just, just think right now. If, if most people that you talk to out there, if you said, okay, listen, we've got to find out what the Bible says and do that, what are they going to say to you? Uh, they aren't into that, are they? Well, that might be true for you, but it's not true for me. And so there's been an attempt to cast aside the word of God, but, but there's a, an old poem by a man named John Clifford entitled The Anvil of God's Word, and it says this. Last eve I paused beside the blacksmith's door and heard the anvil ring the vesper chime. Then looking in, I saw upon the floor old hammers worn with beating years of time. How many anvils have you had, said I, to wear and batter all these hammers so? Just one, said he, and the twinkling eye. The anvil wears out the hammers, you know. And so I thought, the anvil of God's word for ages skeptic blows have beat upon. Yet though the noise of falling blows was heard, the anvil is unharmed. The hammer's gone. This will stand forever. Don't buy into the, the relativistic claims that it's not it's true for you and not for it's true for everybody. Always for all time. And so truth is either going to be your best friend or your worst enemy. Let's look in John chapter eight. We'll finish up with this. I won't spend a lot of time on it, but it's, it's very important. Very well-known verses. John chapter 8, page 1232, 1232 in the Pew Bible. and verse 31, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. So these are people who were, this is this conversation with people who were starting to say, Wow, I think he is the Messiah. I think he is the promised one. He says, If you abide in my word, in other words, what I'm saying to you, what I'm teaching you, if you abide in it, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the what? And the truth shall make you free. Wow. I gotta tell you, there's, there's lots of times in my life where I haven't felt very free. I felt hemmed in by my, the decisions I have to make, hemmed in by the circumstances, trouble in my heart, anxious, uh, and if I wasn't the personality I, I am, I'd probably have anxiety attacks and all that kind of stuff. Not free at all. But when I really come to the truth, I say, wait a minute, this is what's really true. And I'm going to trust it. I'm going to continue in it. I'm going to abide in it. I can go, I sit back and go, okay, Wow. All right, God. Anybody experienced that kind of freedom? I have. It's available to me all the time. You know, like, right on, I do it all the time. 
But it's true, he says, if you will, will, will understand it's the, the truth and, and you, you buy into it and you yield yourself to it and you pattern your life and you shape your thinking by it and you do you will be free. You will experience a, an inner freedom. You could go to jail and be free. You know, I forget the guy's name, uh, but he was in jail in Russia for his faith years ago and it dawned on him one day that he was free and his captors were in bondage. See, that's what truth will do for you. He continues, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. He's talking about people who, who live this life of sinning. They're a slave to it and a slave does not abide in the house forever. But a son abides forever. A son lives in the house. But here's the point. Therefore, if the son, talking about himself, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So who makes us free? The truth or Jesus? The answer is yes. <laughs> if you don't have the truth, then you don't have Jesus. No truth, no Jesus. If you don't have Jesus, doesn't matter what you say, you don't have the truth. Okay, so that's one thing to know. Second thing I want you to see is this. It is crucial that we stop being afraid of the truth. Have you ever been afraid of the truth? Anybody like me, and I think it's probably some of you guys are, because I think my wife has heard from your wife. That should scare you right now, right? To be honest with you, there's been times I, didn't, I, I don't want to go to the doctor for physical. I don't want to go for a checkup. I don't want to know if my blood pressure's high. I, I just don't want to know. And that's pretty stupid, okay? I'll admit it. And I make myself do it. But the point is I don't want to. I'm, it's almost like a fear. I, if, I don't want to know. I just don't want to know. And, and we can become that way with the truth. There are things in our lives, there are areas of our lives, whether it's our personal morality or our thought life or something we're doing, whatever. There are places that we say, I don't really want to go there. I, I don't want to see that because if I see that, it's going to, who knows what's going to happen. I, I'm going to have to make changes. I don't know how to make changes. People are going to think this. I mean, I just, I don't want to go there. But think, let's just think logically for a moment. Do you understand there is no hope for you apart from what's true? Like I said earlier, you can ignore your health issues all you want, you know? But eventually it's gonna get you unless you see it and deal with it. So we need to always know what's true, whether we're excited about it or not. And that doesn't mean it's always gonna be easy, but we need to know the truth. There is no solution to anything in this life or the one to come apart from truth. And the second thing that you need to do is this. It's bigger than just saying, okay, I want to know it. You need to learn to love the truth. You need to learn to love it. So I, I not only know I need to know it, I want to know it. Because if I'm knowing the truth, I'm also knowing Jesus. I'm, you know, I'm getting it. I'm, I'm in a place. Because here's what you want to see. is those who get left behind when Christ returns for his church. The Bible tells us how they got left behind. 
and what happens to them. And it says this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and it should be on the screen up there. It talks about the working of Satan with all unrighteous deception. They're deceived among those who perish. Why? Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And here's the deal. If you don't love truth, you're in a position to be deceived. Christian, non-Christian. If you don't just precious, just treasure that truth, you are in a place to be deceived. And then in closing, I want you to know that truth is not just a up here thing in your head thing. The truth is here in the heart. The heart has to be engaged. And in Psalm 15, when it talks about uh, who is close to God, one of the things it says is he who speaks the truth in his heart. And so I call upon you here today. Truth is going to either be your best friend or your worst enemy. It'll be this solid, massive foundation upon which you build a life that matters and that will matter forever, or it will be this solid massive thing that will end up crushing you under its weight. Choice is yours. And I want to appeal to your heart today to say, I, God, I, I want to love the truth. I'm giving you my heart about that today. I want to know what's really true, what you've said, so that I might honor you. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, this is kind of a big thing to get our, our minds around and to understand how it applies. Lord, I, I trust that you'll lead people to understand how it applies in practical ways in their lives. But I do pray, Father, whatever we understand or not, I pray that each of us here today in our hearts will surrender to you in this and say, yes, Lord, truth, please, truth, nothing else but truth. And that we will then yield ourselves to what you tell us is really true. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.